Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewen. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. All right. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Nat. What'd you do this weekend? Oh, um, well, the old weekend. I, I was working on some geology stuff and what did I do on Saturday? I feel like I actually did. Oh, no. What did I do? <laughs> oh my God. Yesterday I sat in front of a computer a lot. Saturday, I feel like something, there was more, oh no, <laughs> it was fun. I was uh, replacing drywall, mudding drywall in my kitchen. Oh, <laughs> like oh I that's feel, messy. I feel like it was fun. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drywall's so messy. It's so dusty. It's so gross. I know. I'm dreading, like I just we put the pieces in place and it's like this really finicky area where it's all angled and like there's many corners. It's not just like a couple pieces on a wall. Um mm. And I just did the mudding, so I'll have to give it like hopefully a, a brief as as brief a possible sand, and then put some more mud on and blech, yeah. But I just like I need it to get done, or else I'm gonna go crazy, super crazy. Mm. <laughs> get it done, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. It'll get it'll get done. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. What did I do? I Oh, we were supposed to go skiing, but it was super duper cold in Toronto. So we'd, and we were, we had like a long week of working. So we just decided to chill. Um, saw my sister. Uh, what else did we do? Watch some stand up comedians on Netflix, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yesterday is like a, a busy teaching day for me. I have two public classes and one private. So, so that's nice. And then we just watched football at home learning about sports go sports i know nothing go about sports. football except it comes to the super bowl and then i watch who's doing the halftime show usually like <laughs> which is also like fringe sports it's like you're mm-hmm. not even watching it for the sports no and like i don't even i just watch it later on youtube oh really you don't even like tune in no i don't have cable uh. <laughs> i'm like sure i can get it stream it or something but i don't know it's always at an awkward time i feel yeah 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 i just i don't watch the football i used to watch hockey but yeah again with no cable and i just kind of stopped caring and and there's other things (laughs) yeah eric doesn't watch sports he's not a sports watcher yeah i used to watch a little bit of hockey but no like we're busy Mm -hmm. and then i don't know we're always eating or (laughs) like we read we do other yeah yeah, like a little bit of netflix but try and do other things I just find yeah, like a awesome. hockey game is like two and a half hours long and like I, I do not have the time in the day to catch a whole one and I don't know. Some point. Oh heck, I don't I don't have the attention span to sit there and, and just watch it all. Oh, I can watch it, but yeah, I just don't have like my schedule's not Oh. Doesn't damn. open up anyways. Sports. I just get so bored. And sports. Yeah, sports, sports. I could see Yay. that. I could see that. <laughs> Go sports. Follow the ball, Sandy. Follow the ball. Oh, my God. For two hours? I can't. I can't. Oh. I, so, I, yeah, I started listening to a podcast midway through. So I, can't do, <laughs> I can't do this. 
Um, well, it's hard if, yeah, it's something that you watch more rarely. You might get into yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe also, I'm trying. Sorry. You're trying. I'm trying. At least you weren't like in the stands freezing like people were. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cold. That's something else. I started a <laughs> detox yesterday, actually. Eric and I are doing a 21 day detox. Um, so the first two days is kind of like a, um, a modified fasting schedule. Mm-hmm. So you have um, a protein-type powder with all of your vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and detoxifying little beneficial guys in there. Um, you have that like four times throughout the day with water. It's it's not much. It's like adds up to, I think, 30 grams of protein over the day, but it's like better than nothing. And it gives you just like a basis, like a totally actually really good um, base of what you need vitamins and minerals and nutrients and stuff like that but yeah it's it's a little bit difficult not eating um like I just noticed kind of when I was at my computer like my my habits to even when I wasn't hungry just wanting to go and be like I want like a coffee or a hot chocolate Mm -hmm. or like something like at certain parts of the day like I want something yeah that makes me feel a certain way so it's kind of interesting just watching watching that and then you kind of start to you can change basically well yeah, yeah. Well, well how does it make you feel physically like is it your day one today so today's my day two okay how yeah. do you feel like physically otherwise totally normal oh <laughs> like you have energy you, you're not you're not yeah. drained you're not oh yeah oh. yeah i have like the same or maybe even more energy than normal like it's the oh, morning it's the morning for me like it's around seven i just got up um yeah i feel fine I feel <laughs> just like a normal morning pretty much yeah i'm so curious so is this the stephen cabral's detox yeah his 21 day okay yeah oh but you're doing seven right well he has a seven but like ideally you start out with a 21 day so you do three of those wow. weeks in a row that is intense nat oh yeah gosh. i don't know it's honestly like the eating schedule for the regular days is pretty similar to how i normally eat but like um getting a little more he does like a vegan lunch so a a legume or a bean of some sort or hemp hearts Mm. uh, with veggies and dinners like uh meat not pork or beef pretty much anything else with veggies and Mm -hmm. like that's how our dinners always are like we don't eat, like so rarely eat grains if we do maybe some corn tortillas Mm. um so yeah dinner is easy lunch is like a little bit of a modification with getting more of the legumes in there but Mm. um the breakfast is the same after you're done your two fasting days and yeah the fasting days uh, I just like take it as a opportunity to kind of watch my habits and I think it's really interesting it's like you you're not starving the whole time it's not like your hunger gets worse and worse like it comes in little waves and then you have your little Mm -hmm. shaky thing have some mint tea have some lemon water herbal tea I don't know it's not the end of the world wow I've got to one day yeah, get you, up you should hit, you should hit it, and your digestive system is so happy to get that break because it's like oh, okay, like there was inflammation mm. and other things I needed to deal with. Like that's what the point of it is. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I could go on for like ever. We should probably hit this. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how my digestion would do with it. Like, is Eric doing okay? Because I think I'm more similar to Eric, where we're like we're fast digesters. We're hungry all the time, and like carbs don't hit me as hard as they hit you, right? Um, what do you mean carbs don't hit me as hard as they hit you? Um, 
I think like my processing of carbohydrates is different from how you process it. Um, I think, remember how you were telling me with the continuous blood glucose monitors, mm-hmm. Eric's uh, blood sugar like barely budged after um, like a piece of toast, whereas yeah. yours like spiked way up high. Like I, I, I bet there's got to be something like that that will differ in how he yeah. processes a detox versus how you process a detox. Yeah. Well, mine just like went a little bit higher and then stayed higher and took longer to come down. Mm-hmm. And his um, didn't wave around as much. <laughs> I feel like you might like spike up and crash though, because like some of the cravings you get are insane. <laughs> You're like, yeah, some I of those... need this. Like, or you're not giving yourself enough. Like one of the two, you're not giving yourself enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of something else. Yeah. But no, honestly, yeah. you could, you could do it. Like you could, and probably the best, the easiest way instead of modifying, like you can definitely modify your diet, but like kind of just cold turkeying something is a good way to do it. You could do it. No problem. Okay. I'll think about it. I'll think about like knowing what I need in my day and how much energy I need. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard when you have four classes or three classes. Yeah. Or... You don't want to teach a ton. That's why I started yesterday and then I only have two this evening and Eric's really worried about me, but I'm like, okay, I've had adrenal mm. fatigue and like low iron. I've taught through all of that. I can just do these two classes. They're hatha. I'll be fine. <laughs> Might not be okay. the best, but it'll, it'll, yeah. I'll survive. It's okay. Yeah, and then mental focus is another thing. Like, damn it, I don't want to be like dumber for seven days because I'm not giving my body anything. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're fine. Like, yeah, no. The first two days are the hardest, but like when I was working yesterday was when I was didn't feel hungry. Like I mm. just was concentrating on my work. So give yourself like a big workload to sit down and do. That's true. Not like super duper physical. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll see if I can work that around. Like maybe mm-hmm. an easier week of classes. Yeah. No, the rest of them, yeah. the rest of the days are fine. Like you're eating normally, like really like all the vegetables that you want. Mm. Squash and cauliflower. Like you can have carbs. It's not a no carb thing. Mm-hmm. I love squash. Yeah. Okay. 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 okay yeah, you're right. Yeah. Segway too long. Okay. Sorry. What are we talking about today, Nat? We're talking about fascia. Um, we're talking, we're going to try and talk about, just introduce kind of the, the basics of fascia and because it's a massive topic, like there's a big conference in, is it in Germany? It was in Germany this year. It's like a, the, I think so. The fascia conference, the conference of fascia. France? Co- yeah. France. The Prague. We'll think. find it. We'll <laughs> find it and we'll link it. It's, it's a European country. Yeah. We forgot which one. <laughs> we didn't go to it. It's expensive. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> One day, maybe because it's every four years. So maybe in mm-hmm. 2020, 2022. Yes. Because <laughs> that yeah. a year. Oh my God. No, wait. It was an 18, right? It was an 18. So 2022. That's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Four. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. We'll find that and link to that if you're like, if this stuff makes you feel like you want to dive into fascia for the rest of your life or just like yeah learn more about it um we've done tiffany crookshank's myofascial release course through yoga medicine and that was really excellent um in depth uh, um really good for yoga teachers and other movement specialists manual therapy specialists so that is definitely an option for anyone it's you have to go for one week in person it's pretty worth it. But there's a lot of resources online. Um, you're going through Tom Meyer's course right now. You said it's like a little bit disorganized. 
a little bit oh my gosh yeah. this is one so section three if you guys do go out and buy it and i'll link it section three is just horrible it's like a mishmash of other lectures he's done so it's not created for this course and it's just like why are you talking about this when you're supposed to be talking about fascia like it's you know like when video and audio is like cut and then spliced in later and like there was obviously a question that was asked but then that question wasn't included because it got spliced mm-hmm. oh it's so and the audio quality is just terrible um and it just doesn't fit the heading like he says this is how fascia communicates but he's talking about backbends i'm like but wh- okay then tie it back in you know like yeah. if you're gonna like cut up a bunch of other videos you already had like at least do like a three minute video where the, like tell me why this is important or like write it down somewhere why is this important in how fascia communicates yeah anyway so he- that just that organizational part pissed me off but section four which i'm on currently does get better <laughs> okay so just like one rogue section in there like he's like the anatomy trains um the father of anatomy trains kind of the organization of fascia in different well, I guess he calls them trains in your body. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, he's a, a really well-known and respected um, expert in body movement, body work, yoga, and fascia. Um, and he's he has like lots of research done. He's He has connections all over the scientific community. So, I mean, like he knows his stuff. It's just this course is like poorly organized. <laughs> yeah. Which is like my little thing. It's like well, I like my post. If you're gonna if you're gonna pay <laughs> pay for something, like we're this is free content. We can come on here and kind of ramble a little bit. <laughs> like if you're paying for something, you want it to be well organized <laughs> and understand. Like, oh, what is yeah. the answer? What what was the question that I'm receiving the answer to? Like, what is yeah going yeah? On here? And why are we talking about this suddenly other thing? Anyway, yeah. So that's. But otherwise, it, it he does have like really good sections in there. So. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a full conclusive recommend or don't recommend yet. I'm like waving in the, sitting on that fence. Um, but I've already gained some really useful stuff just doing half of it so far. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, what, like a couple hundred bucks? 300 bucks? 200, 200, 200, 200, 200 US. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then after the conversion to US, yeah, it was about 300, I think. Okay. Yeah. So that's good for people mm-hmm. to know. So if you just want to get in there and get basics, like maybe we'll report back on how that course does and yeah like i said if you look online there's probably some other resources or maybe people in your area doing at least my there's a lot of yoga medicine teachers that do myofascial um like two or three hour little things on the weekend Mm -hmm. you know any yoga medicine teachers in your area okay yeah Yeah, who've done the myofascial release uh module with tiffany okay so do you usually have some good info do you sorry sorry i was cutting off did you want to do the first like what is fascia description or we can each do one or something there's it's like uh, sure. it can be a lot but we'll try and keep it relatively basic <laughs> so fascia is basically the it's connective tissue it's like a general word for connective tissue in your body so fa- under the umbrella of fascia also includes ligaments and tendons um and the saran wrap um, and the fuzz of uh, the Gil Headley videos and all of those um, back when it was like a, a really big buzzword. And I guess it still is a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we have several wrappings of fascia in our body. Directly underneath our skin, there's one. And then around every muscle, there's another. Around every organ, there's another. And then sometimes there's even other sheets like in your abdominal cavity. I think there's one underneath the skin, underneath the muscle, around the muscle, 
um, dividing layers of like fat between your organs and the muscle on top. Um, and then like another one or something, your, your sacs that hold all the organs. And then there's another one surrounding all the organs. So basically fascia is a, it's a, um, organizational system in your body. It, it like separates things into compartments, um, as well as providing, um, other functions, which Nat, why don't you take that? <laughs> oh, I was going to go somewhere else. No, just, you just finished oh, okay. it off. I'm enjoying this. Oh, that, that. <laughs> as well, okay. As well as providing other functions, period. <laughs> Period. Period. Done. <laughs> okay. I was just like, go on. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like the the tissue part of it is connective tissue, um, but it also has like the this you t- talked about it kind of separating the but different body parts, like separating the muscles, separating the organs, keeping everything in this little package. Um, there is a hydration component to the, to it so there's there's water and another um i guess chemical you'd call it called hyaluronic acid in there that keep it like almost like a gel like substance so there's fluid in the fiber there so that they can glide the the, the different packages can glide past one another mm-hmm. so that's like a big part of it and as we age our tissues become drier the um the fascial tissue the fascial bodies the wrappings become drier and then there's less gliding over time so that's one of the reasons why we come become more stiff um that and just kind of sedentary lifestyle um one of the kind of like metaphors or the, the imagery that tiffany used for kind of the more vegetarian people because like you can talk to talk about fascia a little bit if you've cut up meat before like peeling the fat away and there's like yeah that kind of fuzz or that there's connectivity to the meat but if you're that makes you super grossed out the orange the orange works so thinking of like <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. peeling an orange there's that white stuff between the skin and the actual flesh of the orange and then peeling it into slices that's like maybe like the compartments of or the fascia around the muscle compartments and then even within like kind of opening up the flesh of one piece of the orange you see like individual little bubbly things there and they are like the fluid of each one of those is held in by a um well it's like a cellular tissue if you will in the plant like a more plant-based cell anyways <laughs> blank you know what i mean <laughs> fascia yeah it's so like, that's like it's, it's it's version it's it's version of fascia yeah you guys yeah, get it yeah so <laughs> even within your muscles when we're talking about myofascia which is that's mostly what we talk about in yoga but you're definitely working with other pieces of fascia as you move your whole body um mm-hmm. the fascia that goes around the muscles and then it also goes within the muscle so it also surrounds individual muscle fibers and it goes like right to the smallest parts of the muscle and as you get to the end of the muscle all those fibers from the outside to the inside come together and that's what creates the tendon so the um i guess like the pliability of your of the connective tissue the fascial tissue around and within the muscle um, has an effect on the pull of your tendon on your joints. Yes. So we're talking like you can go eight different directions with that. You can talk about um, like sports 
medicine type stuff. You can talk about um, arthritis, like the tension on the joints. So much. <laughs> so many things. That's why we're not going to talk about all of them. <laughs> no, I think yeah. for, for us, we should stick with like, um, what what do yoga teachers need to know, basically? what mm-hmm. What's important in all this? Knowing a little bit about this, um, what it's made of. So it's made of... Uh, fibroblasts is what makes it it's made of fibers as well as the ground substance which contains hyaluronic acid and water um why why do we need to know about fascia i mean you should know about it because as yoga teachers were like constantly working with it in our classes um you are you are moving it and you're manipulating it even if you don't mean to be and it is like directly woven into the muscle tissue which often if you're a more like anatomical yoga teacher you're you have more um interest in kind of the workings of the physical body within the yoga practice which is like you and me basically yeah um (laughs) yeah we like we love yoga for everything that it is but we like get a little bit nerdier on the on the anatomical and the physical stuff yeah our brains light up and like it's nice yeah yeah well like you do a (laughs) yoga class and you do a flow class and you might feel just more um mobile and flexible after like there's this sense of freedom in your body compared to maybe the same person doing a hatha class or a more flexible person doing a yin class doesn't support them because they already have a lot of flexibility in their joints like there's there's reasons where you kind of go like "Mm, okay why like why do I feel better when I do this practice Mm, um, than another type of practice Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask you something oh okay yeah go Mm -hmm. for it (laughs) did we want to talk about just like before we go into more of the yoga stuff the the dysfunction of the fascia like how things go wrong well, yeah, I, I was actually going to say, like, I think sometimes we, we can understand things better if we look at the dysfunction. So do you remember compartment syndrome? Um, Is it like and things? Splints? Was it things like all kind of working as one piece? No, no. So no. it's, um, no, then I, I think it's like a, okay. <laughs> so it, it actually stuck with me. It was done in one of Tiffany's trainings as a, like a common dysfunction for athletes. Um, that and shin splints. So it's, it's just the, I think shin splints is the front of your calf, the tibialis anterior where it like, if you start a run and it just like severely hurts, um, like something's going on there you start off like massage it and warm it up to get, get it moving and get it to feel better. And then I think compartment syndrome is where the gastrocnemius in the back. So the back of your calf, um, same thing, you're starting to sprint or run and maybe you're just like cold. You just like start to sprint out of nothing. Um, it, it really like clenches up and hurts like sort of like a muscle spasm, but, um, it's a little bit different. Um, and so she was explaining about how compartment syndrome, shin splints, it's basically a fascia, um, thing. It's like a dysfunction of fascia. It, it uh, fascia expands and contracts. Well, it, it has this elasticity to it, but it's elasticity is a lot slower than muscle. So fascia heals takes longer to heal fascia takes longer to warm up um and so if you just go right into a sprint sometimes what happens is the blood flows into the muscle and expands it because you need the muscle but it's wrapping hasn't expanded yet um because it just needs like a few more minutes or it needs a a little bit of a higher temperature or maybe you just needed to like do something right before you sprinted so that the fascia was like okay i'm ready to bounce now um 
And so that, that results in pain because the, the muscle bulging underneath that tight fascia, um, just activates all the pain receptors and you have to physically stop and massage it, warm it up, mobilize the joints around it in order to keep going with your sport. Um, so that's shin splints and compartment syndrome. And so when you think of that, that tells you quite a bit about fascia. Number one, that it's, it's slower than muscle. And that we, to care for fascia, we are also going to have to move slower. Um, and number two, that it's, it's not reliant on the muscle underneath it for its, um, health necessarily. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which are really, those are really important. Like, like what would you think of if I told you those two things, what would you think of in the yoga practice? About the com- compartmental compartment. <laughs> compartment syndrome and like shin splints like knowing where those came from and and why they are um what does that make you think of well what kind of what you said like you need a slower practice to care for your tissue like you're not doing much care for it when you're you're it's being moved by your muscles when you're running you're doing like more of these intense athletic endeavors but in the yoga practice like slower um and doesn't necessarily mean like yin but even just like a a good flow class that's well paced like not not like a super fast vinyasa but I'm trying to think of what I do think of I'm like picturing I'm like picturing it I'm like picturing myself like slowly like in extended side angle like reaching with my hand and like yeah. that whole like um band of connective tissue and like all the separate packages of connective tissue along all the muscles on the side of my body just like getting the chance to stretch like lengthen yeah. as much as yeah. as they can um in a more fluid way like not just not just like a brittle, brittle way. Like, well, like brittle, it's funny from like my geology background. Like I think we think of things as um, like brittle and ductile. So mm, the way mm-hmm. the the rock fractures, but I can like transfer a lot of this stuff to the body. So yeah, like yeah, colder, yeah, you can actually. colder in general um, yeah. is more brittle and warmer yeah. is more ductile, more fluid. So yeah. Yeah, like maybe warming your students up appropriately before you go no, into like deeper, yeah. longer stretches or even yeah. if they're not held, like before you go into these longer, um, more extended ranges of motion. Yeah, I got it took there. her a while, but took- yeah, she got there. She got there. <laughs> San- Sandy's always been awake for like four hours and like she's like done a workout and like read seven books and I'm like, I like roll out of bed and like just get a lemon water in me and then I'm just like being quizzed on You shit. got there though. You got oh there. I'm God. so proud. I'm, I'm so proud of I you. It's my detox brain. Who knows? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, like shin splints, compartment syndrome, they can all be solved by a real proper workout. Uh, sorry, warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so the same thing goes with uh, our yoga practice, especially if you have people coming from a desk, um, sedentary for a long time. You do want to like mobilize them first and then start to work into the bigger stretches. Um, and it, like, and it's logical, just like before you do side angle pose. Well, maybe just do some seated side stretches and 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 do like small range of motion first. Like, don't go very big 
Mm-hmm. You know, repeat them a couple of times and then maybe start to like, oh, how does this feel when you stretch it out a bit more? Okay, cool. Let's back out of it and do the other side and we'll do it again, right? Like repeat it a, a few times to allow for the fascia to be like, oh, this is happening. Okay. I can, I can be more plastic. I just needed to figure it out first. I needed to, to warm up a little bit first. Yeah. It's like yeah. the warming is, um, kind of getting that blood flow to the area essentially. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to like start out with your warm up. Like you don't, people are going to be like afraid to like stretch people when they're cold period. Now I don't want that. Like go into whatever stretch, but just like make it a little bit, um, like less 100% and maybe like mm. a bit shorter period of time. So it's like this introductory um, shape or, or the, the same pose you're going to do later a couple of times. Maybe that repetition is helpful, but you're yeah, just like I think mm, so. putting it in there and okay, yeah. we'll come back to that a few more times. The second yeah. time you do it, like when you stretch your hamstrings, um, oh. it's like the first time is this like, oh, that first Piano forward wire. fold. You're just like, why? <laughs> and then later in class, Violin strings. that's like, that's why oh. you have those sun salutations because later in the practice mm. you're just like mm, yes downward dog feels amazing maybe the first one is like fuck this <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the other thing i wanted to say what i really like is actually like joint circles so yeah. wrist circles elbow uh, sorry shoulder circles hip circles um because then you do hit the front back side of the joint and you get um you get all those like the three-dimensional muscles and fascia there you do you know what i mean like so you're not just like you're not just doing hamstrings 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 you're doing hamstrings adductors um hip flexors outer hip yeah. all of them because yeah. you did a circle right yeah um so i i like those for for warm-ups mm-hmm. no that's a good point like some things that you might not think are yoga-ish but are really beneficial to how your body moves and how you feel in your yoga practice later on yeah yeah for sure um the other thing I wanted to talk about is that like I've actually been to some classes where the teacher, especially if they're labeled like level two, three classes where the teacher jumps in to like an extended side angle variation where you're bound and you're pulling and you're there for a long time. Um, and I, I don't do that. Like I, I don't teach that. And if that was given to me, I'd be like, no, I'm going to do warrior two for a little bit before I, you know, before I get into my hips that, that big of a way. Um, but I think there might be an aspect to the plasticity of fascia that is trainable. So with over time, as you repeat over years and years of practice, um, it does get easier to go into those deeper poses faster because the, fla- the fascia doesn't have the adhesions that would prevent you otherwise. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like you're, if you're someone who's... Um, quite good at doing a movement practice regularly whether that be yoga or something else, just the mechanical movement of your body uh, increases hydration to that tissue in general. So there is more movement um, between within the muscle and within or yeah, against like the different muscle packages against one another and against the skin. So there is, mm-hmm. there is just going to be more movement there, period. Even if you do like have a pretty sedentary day-to-day sitting or standing, whatever you're doing, um, if you're like almost every day or every other day, a couple times a week doing yoga or doing something where you are kind of extending your body or getting a little bit of a stretch or some mechanical pressure on there, then you have more of that hydration and um, there's less stickiness and friction. So I think yeah, like that yeah. is part of the memory is just creating that 
kind of space for things to glide and that length. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, but then like your muscle has the ability to contract. It's not like you stay in those long um, muscle postural tendencies. You mean like a big stretch? Well, yeah, I'm thinking like if you're thinking of lengthening your connective tissue or allowing it to lengthen, like it does have that elastic property to it and then your muscles tell it to contract back to its normal shape so you're not like deforming it basically by going into I think you can to a certain point yeah yeah there's a certain point like if you stay in a posture for 20 minutes 30 minutes oh yeah it's certain things don't because it, it has a plastic quality too so if you imagine like a plastic bag and you just like continually put put a, a weight on one end it, it's going to stretch and stay depending how long that weight's been there but if you let it go um if you had some elastic in that plastic bag it would bounce back right so w- we work the same we have a little bit of um elastin in our fascia but it it is plastic generally yeah. so if you held something for a long time um it gen like a really long time like not three minutes maybe five minutes depends but like up to like 20 minutes then you could definitely remold your fascia that's like a, a stress that would um be a plastic change in pa- fascia mm-hmm. yeah it has both of those mm-hmm. properties it probably is like more towards the plastic side of things that's why it's still important to balance strength while you're doing this work um and you probably won't like injure yourself doing by doing too much you do have to do it quite repetitively so it'd be a practice that you have to do over and over again because fascia does still take time to remodel but yeah if you're going at it for like sitting in a forward fold for like 20 or 30 minutes a day um yeah that's that's too much too much yeah just don't do that (laughs) don't don't do that everything with like that little you know understanding that we need to counter it, right especially with day-to-day posture we're forward folded anyway Mm -hmm. our hips are flexed anyway we're generally hunched over like i am right now i just sat up because i felt guilty (laughs) (laughs) sit up (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's your spine is more often um in flexion anyway so that that actually leads to a really good point. So um, let's talk about the trapezius. And the rhomboids? Yeah, tell me about them. Mm, okay, so for a lot of individuals, I won't say all, but for a lot of people, shoulders are a little bit more forward in general, which is going to um, widen your shoulder blades on your back. So you're lengthening the tissues between your shoulder blades and your spine, Two of them are your your traps, your trapezius, and your rhomboids. Um, so as you create like more length there for long, long amounts of time, like the majority of your day while you're like playing with your kids, picking them up, whatever, um, you're at your desk or you just have, I don't know, whatever it is you're doing with your hands in front of you. Maybe you're just like a um, store cashier. I always think of them like they're always twisting and arms forward. Um mm you're actually kind of drawing out the tissues, the tissues, the the fascial, the fascial parts of the, um, the rhomboids and the trapezius in the back of your body there. So when the tissues get dry, they lack that, that gliding potential. What else was I going to say? Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you want me to... I can like hear you waking up. It's so cute. Do you want me to... Come on, brain. Do you want me to, do you want me to say how to fix it or do you just want me to say that? About it? Um, 
Well, so like, yeah, I think you, you did a good description on it. Um, and some, so in, I think in like the muscle training world, they call it locked long yeah. or, um, chronically eccentrically loaded. So it's like a, the hunch over desk or hunch over your phone position with your shoulder blades winging out across your back, um, and your shoulders rounded forward, which is basically everyone's posture nowadays. So if you think about the tissues in the back of your body, they're just like chronically stretched stretched um but not stretched to maximum just stretched a little bit and they still have to hold your arms up yeah so there is still muscle tone there they're not like totally letting go they're stretched but they're still active um and so what that does the fascia around the muscle gets because fascia wants to fascia is a support system right so fascia wants to support the muscle in its shape that you've chosen to put it in so it's going to try to stay there with as least amount of energy as possible and that kind of staying there with the least amount of energy as possible means it's going to lay down more fibers, less water will get through, and it'll be easier for you to sit in that position. Mm-hmm. It's part of our adaptation response. Um, so when that happens, now you have the, these fibers that are supporting you in a locked long position. Um, so yeah, why don't, why don't you go ahead and, and tell me, how do I get rid of that? Yeah, so when your fibers are locked long, I mean, they have a they have a harder time going back and contracting. So that's like one of the reasons why you want to fix this in general or work with this, notice this in your body is um, you might from your shoulders forward get like biceps tendonitis. You might get compression of the nerves in that area. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Like besides it just like you looking like you're I don't know, in your 80s or something with your shoulders forward. <laughs> so I, one but. of the workshops I did, I asked the people like, oh, why are you here? And one guy said, um, he looked in the mirror and his spine was like a question mark. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, there's, so that, there's that. supposed to be some curvature there, but not that much. Not, not that. No, not like a question not mark. Not like a question mark, yeah. So we do oh. want to be able to bring your shoulder blades back, which is contraction of, of the rhomboids, especially there. Um, so to work with it, to get away from the locked long muscle fibers and and fascial fibers is to roll across the direction of the fiber. So we didn't really talk about this, but like your muscles, a lot of people know they have fibers going in, in one main direction and it might kind of curve or something around the side, like your glutes kind of curve a little bit. Um, and then your fascial tissues are going to go in that same direction generally with speaking about like we're talking about myofascial there's other fascial layers on top doing other things so to we're going to go like across the opposite direction 90 degrees kind of back and forth to unlock those longer tissues yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so you would like um if you imagine yourself against the wall with two tennis balls between your shoulder blades, you'd be going, um, you'd be like sort of up and standing down. up and squatting down, squat, yeah. yeah, standing up and squatting up and down, up and down, so that the balls roll up and down your spine, like along the shape of your spine, in order to cross fiber the rhomboids, and that's how you would, uh, that in combination with actually activating the muscle. Yeah, and you'll be able to activate it better after you do a little bit of that work. Yeah. Most yeah. Oh, yeah tons better yeah yeah so if you're dealing if you're working with yourself or with someone more like a one-on-one is where if you're a yoga teacher you might use a little bit of myofascial release technique just to turn muscles on and get them out of this lock state um you can do that pretty quickly with like two tennis balls or lacrosse balls or like proper myofascial release balls 
Hmm. It also does depend on how locked they are <laughs> too. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, it's not like, it's like yoga. It's like you, you're not just going to do it once and it's going to be good. No, it's no, it's yeah. something that you can repeat. Like just bringing that mechanical pressure to the area is what, think of it kind of like a sponge, even though it's a dry sponge, but there's still some moisture in, around the surrounding tissues. You're pressing on it with the ball. And then when you release the water gets kind of sucked in and um, what well, actually stimulates the tissues to uh, release more hyaluronic acid, which attracts water. If that goes over your head, just don't worry about it. We're going to talk about fascia and hydration on another episode and like a lot of these things way more in depth, but yeah. So we'll make a video. We'll make a video of how to do the rhomboid release. It's really good for desk job workers. Um, and the other, the only other thing I really wanted to point out was that, yeah, the, the cross fibering will help break up the adhesion mm. that, that mm-hmm. might be formed there to keep you locked long. Um, but over time, like myofascial release, at least in my opinion, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm, I'm glued to the release techniques for the rest of my life. Um, you should be able to eventually one day pull the shoulders back full range and use the muscle. And that's actually training. So that's actually going to see a PT or a personal trainer or, um, a Cairo or whoever you go to for your, your, like your muscular system, your, uh, stuff and to um have some techniques about like okay now how do i work with this muscle in a way that's healthy that will build a good muscle pattern a good posture pattern yeah or a very good yoga teacher yeah or a very good (laughs) yoga teacher who's educated yeah (laughs) like if you ask your teacher about this and they don't know if they say i don't know then they're not the person for you if you ask your teacher about this kind of stuff and they're like yeah i can help you then that's probably the person you want to be seeing with respect to yoga teachers, just because like we know there's such a big range in, in, in what teachers know. Yeah. Education is not, uh, it's not necessarily our, uh, strong suit. I think. Yeah. No, I've been working with a guy with, um, kind of like, yeah, the more locked long, um, rhomboids and traps. And I've seen a huge difference mm-hmm. in just his ability to move his shoulders. Good. It's yeah, so awesome. awesome. So great. Um, something else. Oh, so the opposite. Oh, yeah. The, oh, sorry. Did well, you... you were going to talk about the glutes. Like you wanted to. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So that that would be the opposite of locked long. Yeah. Um, so it's also possible for your muscles if they were in a constant state of contraction. So let's say I now I'm thinking about biceps, like, you know, the guys at the gym who do like so many bicep curls that their elbows can't straighten out because they're. Yeah. So Even like, like everyone just on their phones all the time, like my, my elbows don't go straight when I let my arm fall by my side. Like there's a little bit of a bend there. Huh. They're probably supposed to I be like know. a tiny bit. I don't know. I'm I don't know what you're anymore. supposed to have, but like yeah. I definitely have like a little <laughs> bit of a bend and some people you'll just look at their bodies and you'll see more of that elbow bend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the carrying angle. It's not the angle with which your wrists turn out uh, relative to your elbow. It's just like the elbows literally bend like you're carrying a suitcase. Yeah. Um, I think my boyfriend calls them suitcase arms, which is. Kind yeah. Of there's like there's cute. there's definitely like a way more extreme version with the weightlifters you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the locked short. So it's like because of the con- chronic concentric loading, the fascia has decided to reform in a way that helps you with that which is to keep the muscle as short as possible it forms cross links in order to 
keep the the muscle short as possible. Um, but those cross links you can get rid of by rolling along the muscle fiber. Mm -hmm. So for a short muscle, you want to roll up and down with the fibers. So if your bicep was um, suitcase armed and you were locked short there, you would want to roll up and down along your arm, the inside of your arm there where the biceps is. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So the, another area where we see a lot of this, so I, I was going to say calves, but another one is also your upper glutes. Now these muscle fibers do not run up and down. They sort of run in like a semicircle, sort of like a little half circle. And then they curve around the glutes to create the fold of your glutes and then connect down into the um, femur. So they, they do create, they come out of the sacrum so, somewhat horizontally, um, so somewhat parallel with the ground. And then they do sort of a 90 degree curve, but it is more of a graceful curve down to the fold of your bum where it is more like a hamstring and it's more vertical. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the upper glutes is where we would see a little bit more of that chronic um, lock short. And so if we want to work with the upper glutes, then we have to trace their fiber direction, which would be from sacrum outwards to outer hip in a little bit of like a um, sort of like a like a umbrella umbrella shape. Does that make sense? It's probably like exaggerated more in the books. I'm trying to think of when we did our cadaver dissection. Yeah, but he had a deflated butt. No, but like that's how much but tissue you have i mean yeah he was 98 but still like the, <laughs> the was, fibers he was saggy that, they were all saggy it's true <laughs> there's a lot of tissue on your butt that's fat straight up you need that it's true it is yeah yeah um i'm trying to think like how horizontal it was or if it was a little more on an angle huh <laughs> okay so I'm not too Maybe sure. We should look we'll, we'll have to look it up. Yeah. That is like more on like a 45 or like a little more vertical right at the very top of your pelvis. Like right at the very top. I'm trying to think. I'm touching my butt. Yes. <laughs> I think it's it's really hard to tell unless they're very locked. Like mine, I can't tell. It's just squishy. It's fat on there. Yeah, it's just squishy. It's festive. Which is good because you need that all of that around your sacrum and your lower back. Like there's a lot of bones there. You need that stuff there. Yeah. It's very bueno. <laughs> but anyway, to, to release those, we would go along the fibers. So I, I would actually go from sacrum like in a little bit of an umbrella arch towards the hips. But I don't know. Nat, what would you do? So you're going from sacrum out. Sacrum out. Like out. Yeah. And, and back in. I yeah, think yeah. It, it doesn't matter if you're going in or out. It's just more that you're following the fibers. Yeah. So you're going kind of like a little more horizontally back and forth there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works. Okay. <laughs> That's what we'll tell people. We are in agreement then. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do it the other way, it's not the end of the world. It feels good too. No. And I think the other thing is that these things take so much time to change. It's not like a one time and then you're done. Well, maybe, maybe for someone who maybe doesn't have like that chronic, like a lot of um, adhesion, but for, for most of us for whom this is like an issue and we really want to get rid of it, it it's become an issue um, over the years. So it, it's not going to disappear over one, one or mm -hmm. two uses of the balls or one or two exercises. Yeah, you'll you'll have people with like lower back pain or SI joint pain or pain in their sacrum or something like that. And that's where you want to work in that area. And you might not even roll. You might just kind of press, like get it into a point and just because at first it's sensitive. 
so you might just be like okay so just like tender. slow put a towel over the ball and just like lean into that how does that feel mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a good point all right so let's finish off with what yoga poses are best for fascia health all of them <laughs> yes this was a trick question go on now to tell me more all of the poses you probably want to think like we mentioned before a little bit about um how if you're a teacher like how you are moving the body if you're doing a class where you're really thinking about the fascia and like we said whether you think about it or not you're moving the fascia um so in your classes using the repetition of certain shapes or postures themselves two three four times um, to really get a focus on a certain area to like go back to it and relengthen, go back to it, make sure it's really warmed up, relengthen. Um, yeah, that general like good whole body warm up in the beginning. So using sun salutations is a great way if you have any other methods of of warming the body. Um, simple movements, just like down dog to plank, like a couple times back and forth, lifting up and down, like you're kind of pushing and pulling there. Um tends to be something that I like to do when I'm getting bored of sun salutations I'll do like simple movements and repetition repetition so uttanasana ardha uttanasana like three times and people are always like like breathing and like oh like so they love it <laughs> you know <laughs> you can just tell like the first one's like a little like oh and then like you get the breath in there yeah and you can just tell your tissues start to start to change start to warm up um I don't think I'll go into like very specific postures. I'm trying to think with my little morning <laughs> detox brain. Your morning brain, all on that. Um, so I think what I wanted to mention is that novelty is sometimes really good for fascia. Um, with yoga, especially like sun salutations are, are a really good way to warm up, but they are all sagittal plane movements. So you go up, back, down dog, up dog's in a sagittal plane movement and then back up to the front of the mat you don't step sideways Mm -hmm. so the fascia that supports stepping sideways inner thigh outer hip um don't get the same kind of attention so i like i like like bringing in some novelty once in a while today we were doing some side lunge and then stand up from it like with on one leg because you know novelty eh, it can be good for the body i mean you want to you want to introduce novelty not so much that every class is different you want to introduce novelty so that different areas that you haven't focused on sort of get a little bit of attention mm-hmm. that that maybe your typical practice overlooks um and i know like sun salutations i love them but they they can overlook that stepping forward can overlook that we don't step sideways so can we introduce a little bit of step sideways, a little step stand up from stepping sideways? Um, why not? Right. Mm-hmm. No, I like yeah. that. Yeah. The sun cells are good for like just a general wake up and warm up. Um, they're not preparing the body unless you're working towards like a sagittal plane, um, peak pose or set of shapes. They mm-hmm. don't really care for the tissues that are yeah going in different directions, but you can alter your sun cells to, like check a warrior two in there and do yeah, that yeah. like three times on each side or two or three times. And then you're yeah. doing something like extended side angle and Ardachandrasana and stuff like that later on, like similar shapes facing similar mm-hmm. sides. Um, but yeah, I like, I like also like you do 
choosing postures that are a little bit more non-traditional and mm-hmm. challenging the body in that way because we also kind of get smart and that's more of like a nervous system thing like you learn certain mm-hmm. movement patterns and shapes that you, that especially are repeated like you get it which is good you want to learn but then you want to keep learning you want to learn new things so switching it up and just popping something that's different in there it's yeah. really good and and the other thing learning new things without necessarily having to increase difficulty level mm-hmm. so you don't need to do a handstand in order to learn new things like we we have oh, exactly better tools oh, at yeah, our disposal yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like the importance of uh, introducing more simple shapes that are just like mm-hmm. regular less less often taught in yoga classes yeah, yeah. i like that little side, more movement side stuff. lunge thing yeah yeah and then i did it like maybe 10 times i had them like side lunge stand up on one leg step sideways side Where, lunge stand up on one leg so when you say side lunge are you facing the top of the mat and just putting your foot out straight to the side no, so I was just facing sideways. I started in um, Warrior Two, went to Wide Legged Forward Bend, mm-hmm. then from there got a squat to stand up, and then I just kept like the right leg the focus. So side lunge to the right leg, straighten the knee, and then try to drag your left leg in and stand on that right leg. Okay, so both in side lunge I mean what I'm just to be clear, both feet are facing the same direction, pointed yeah, yeah towards the long edge of the mat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you bend, you bend into the right knee, and then you. Mm-hmm pull the left leg in and stand on the right leg or do you go opposite and go up i think you could do both i think for like for fascial health it's i don't know if it's as important to only do one side to exhaustion no maybe maybe i don't know yeah i don't know probably more muscle thing yeah yeah that seems more of a muscle thing than a a fascia thing i think the fascia just like just move me all everywhere yeah (laughs) all the ways yeah. So definitely when you're working and working and thinking about those stiffer muscle groups, I mean, it could be any group, but if you want to concentrate more like inner thigh adductors, um, for fascial health, like going in and out of those postures quite several times, I think it's helpful. And like, mm-hmm. I think you just yeah. I think you just know that like people feel that in their body. Like I used to have such tension in my pelvis and I can't even explain. It's like, I remember like doing warrior twos and feeling like the base of my pelvis was going to tear almost. Oh my god! Just because like we came into it in a Hatha class quite deeply without mm. a lot of warm up or just like that area of my body mm. was not warm. Um, mm-hmm. But if I do it in like a flow class, I mean, it's a lot better now. That was years ago. But going in like the second time always feels a little bit better. Like things just yeah. have warmed up and they're a little more yeah. elastic. Glide, yeah. yeah yeah there's so much value to repeating postures i think yeah so repetition warm-up yeah novelty yeah the and spot. the last thing um i know neither you nor i or our yin teachers but um yin is designed for fascia um so take it nat i don't know where i'm going for with this <laughs> having a well, brain you kind of touched on it fart. like how the the longer held poses um they deal with your connective tissue more so when you think about fascia think about connective tissue it looks like long thin bands of connective tissue with your water your jelly ground substance in there so that it does it is like kind of targeting the connective tissues in general like you're turning off the muscle and you're just like leaning into 
the fascia a little bit. Yeah, that's it. That's what I want. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Good girl. Thanks. Thanks for reading my brain. <laughs> that was it. And again, like that can feel like crap if you're really cold and really stiff of a person. It can feel great. Mm. It just depends. Like the crap feeling is like when it feels like that brittle feeling like, ooh. Mm. I used to get like in side bends, like these little twinges. It felt like... Like, imagine if all of your muscle tissue and your connective tissue were just, like, a whole bunch of hair. It felt like little, like, hairs being, like, torn just, like, one at a time. Just, like, dink, dink. Like, the, like, rippage. Interesting. Yeah. Did it hurt? Yeah. It was, like, tiny little, oh. tiny, tiny little twinges. Um, oh. I sounds have, a little bit nasty. Yeah. I don't know if it was fascia or what if it was, like, nerve compression in some way or... But it was friggin' tight. I'm so, I was so tight in the sides of my body because I have like no inherent ability to use my core. So and like sitting, <laughs> sitting a lot for the work that I've done for like ten years, education and work. Um, the sides of my body just got like super tight. Like a lot of fiber was laid down there to help support me. And then mm, side bending yeah. was a lot. Um, so yeah, if you go into like a yin posture and it just doesn't feel good in the tissue, it's too much, like hopefully your teacher is well-trained and can use some props to support you so that you're like not going 100% and just using all of gravity on say like your upper body to pull on those mm-hmm. tissues. It might be too much. Like supports are definitely yeah. really good. That's like, that gets into like more restorative. Like the more you support yourself, the more you're like yeah. really gently working with those tissues, but they... yeah are sometimes more responsive when you're more supportive Mm -hmm. because your body is not like, holy shit, I need to hold against this. Like this is too intense. You can Mm -hmm. actually let go. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, like the, the yin, you can almost think about it like sitting at your desk all day. It's it, what it's doing to your body is what yin is trying to undo with similarly long holds. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you are holding your body for hours on end in the hunched over position, yin might have you in like a really gentle back bend to have that same stretchiness in the front of your body, let's say like the front of your shoulders, but it, it's very, it should be very gentle and it shouldn't be such a strain on the tissues, just enough to give them that like gentle tug of the plastic bag. So it starts to change without ripping the plastic bag or um, damaging damaging it mm-hmm. in some way yeah i like the plastic bag analogy yeah that's why it's called plasticity <laughs> because of the plastic bag because it, <laughs> the, it's a um not because not of the plastic be- bag yeah. <laughs> not because of the but like because it's a it's a it's yeah. an element it's a property of plastic yeah. right it's plastic does that it, it doesn't it doesn't bounce there's no bounciness in plastic it, it just like pulls. it slowly molds yeah yeah exactly rocks do that too rocks do that rocks do really oh yeah no idea oh 100 percent. yeah it's warm cool warm down there oh that makes sense go down a couple k a lot of pressure heat and pressure uh but so they're they're compressible right yeah is that what you mean yeah like if you have you ever seen like folded rocks like they're in waves no Oh my gosh. You went to- oh, you have it. You go up north, like you drive towards the lakes in Ontario and there's all these um, 
rocks that like they're like partially melted and they're like you can see bands of like more pink and white and then black those have been like that's cool half melted and then kind of folded yeah you guys got some crazy rocks up there so what so are there any rocks that can be like stretched can they be pulled yeah but they're probably gonna break more brittily Mm, okay i'm trying to think like deep in the earth yeah where it's hot like would they yeah they just kind of like well then you're just like magma that's so cool then it's just moving around magma but yeah in between the two being stretched it'll probably just break eventually if there's enough like maybe you can like there's there's tensile stretch uh, stress too yeah that's so cool huh yeah (laughs) anyway sorry i'm just like visualizing it in my mind Uh, rocks rocks yeah that's like a that's a cool thing geology in the body is not that different <laughs> it honestly isn't like you have your your all your whole waterways and like how it goes like all the way into the earth yeah and mm. it's like the water in our body and our blood and the way nutrients circulate Aww. and the way elements circulate in the earth's crust yeah it's beautiful um, isn't it like a huge nerd so we got two youtube videos coming your way yeah um upper back between the shoulders they'll cover like rhomboids traps area release i'm gonna do that one sandy you're gonna do glutes i'll do upper glutes yeah and just like yeah just check on the fibers i guess it's hard to though with your butt well i can Uh, you mean like on a diagram yeah i have um a really good i'll maybe do like a screen what i'll do is i'll take a screenshot of i have that really good anatomy 3d anatomy thing on my ipad Mm. yeah yeah and then you guys can label it and you can see i just need a refresher i haven't like looked inside someone's butt for a while (laughs) (laughs) i have only ever looked inside someone's butt once yeah things that we say on this podcast yeah okay (laughs) um if you guys have any questions about this we will be doing more on fascia so we'd love to hear what you are interested in what you have questions about like where we really fucked it up and confused you (laughs) (laughs) no but just like in general like with hydration and like we'll talk more about um for teachers, how to put together classes, maybe with repetition. We'll go deeper. Like there's communication. There's like the nervous system is in there as well. There's so much stuff. So whatever you guys are intrigued about, we'd love to do a few more of these on fascia in general uh, with application yeah. to yoga. Yeah, I think All so. All right. If you guys um, haven't already signed up for our newsletter, it's a good idea because we have, um, we just do a one month summary at the end of the month or the beginning of the next month of everything we've done um, in the way of podcasts and other materials that we've released. So you can sign up for that. The link is in the show notes or you can go to our website, natandsandyyoga.com. Um, and on there through the contact page, you can sign up for it and you might see it on our homepage, the link to it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and we also really, really appreciate, guys, if you could go on to iTunes and just leave us a positive comment, leave us a five-star review if you like this podcast. It, it really does help to help other people find us and spread all of the knowledge that we're trying to spread here. Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't heard on our previous, I think, last episode or two, we've been letting you guys know that we have a 10% discount for any of the Wanderlust events. So these are um, kind of like big yoga festivals. They happen either as four-day, there's the big four-day events. That's where how it started. And then they have now two-day events. And then they have Wanderlust 108, which is yoga and a run. Um, and they happen like all over North America. And I think they're kind of spreading out. So you have 10% off any of those 
events, um, any of the general admission tickets. And again, we'll put that link in the show notes. You can also go to our website, natinsandiego.com slash wanderlust, or you can find it on the homepage too. Yeah. And lastly is the RAD affiliate link. Um, if you are really interested in fascia, RAD has so much education modules. You can actually sign up for a training. Um, and they also have these like really, really good products for myofascial release. Um, I don't think we talked too much about myofascial release, but um, there, there's a lot of resources on just their website about how to work with your fascia, um, in a releasing way. Uh, and their tools are actually like really super good. I know they're a little bit on the pricier side, but they are really specifically designed for myofascial release. So it's not like you use a tennis ball to play tennis and to roll out your glutes. No, <laughs> it's like just to roll out your glutes. Um, so the textures and the compression points and the sizes are really unique and really, um, really specific and targeted. So I highly recommend it if you did want to try, um, like the, probably the best rollers out there. Um, yeah, rad rollers that'll be in the show notes and on our website, check it out. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, and we look forward to our next episodes with you. Bye. Bye.